A few years ago, the schools in town had been put on lockdown. A set of audio recordings tell the reason why. For as long as I can remember, I had a fascination with exploring abandoned buildings. I came to love the prospect that inside those premises were a lot of secrets lying around, a lot of memories, trapped photographs, and old things. There used to be a military base here in town, but now it's deserted, abandoned and forgotten. Sure, there are people there that still guard it, but it isn't like you can't sneak in to see what's inside if you are careful enough. I had found a set of audio recordings which had been troubling me ever since I listened to them. There had been a school lockdown a few years ago, but no person I've talked with seems to remember it, which is very strange. The following recording relates to events that happened at one of the schools in town. Audio recording number one. The air was cold and it felt like winter was just around the corner. I loved that frosty smell that went up through my nose and straight into my lungs like a long arrow of ice. I felt refreshed and invigorated. I met my friend Danny at the bus stop. He and I have been best buddies for a very long time and we got along very well. He was like a brother to me. We shook hands and I asked him if he managed to finish his math homework. He shook his head. No, dude. I stayed up late watching horror movies. You know, those old silent ones they used to make back in the 1920s and 30s. That's history right there. I saw one with witches. It's almost 100 years old. That was some creepy stuff. And you, did you get to finish it? Nah, I watched a Korean horror movie. It was a slow burn psychological thriller about two sisters. But let me tell you this, after I finished watching it, I just looked outside the window for 15 minutes straight. I think it will stay with me for a long, long time, I replied. Pictures running in my mind like an old black and white movie reel. Hey guys, sorry I'm late. Our other friend Liam yelled. His face was all red and he was out of breath. Dude, take it easy. Don't die on us now, we still need you. We were just talking about movies and how we didn't get to do our homework. How about you? I asked, patting his shoulder. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of sleepy still. I stayed up until 4 a.m. playing this new survival horror video game I got. I almost pissed my pants at some point. The tension, build up, and jump scares almost destroyed me. Screw homework, he said, taking a big breath of fresh air. All three of us did pretty good in school though, but there could be some sort of internal conflict between school and our hobbies at times, and hobbies won last night. We weren't in the same schools, but we had the same structure of classes. We didn't really care about math, and we always wanted to get jobs where we could use our creativity and imagination. I wanted to be a film director, Danny wanted to be an actor, and Liam dreamt of being a colossus of a writer someday. We had to finish school first though. The town was small, and the schools were located pretty close to one another. All three of them were good, and it was just a matter of preference for our parents when they had to pick which one we went to. The bus came, and we all hopped in already thinking about the end of the day. I was dropped off first, then it was Liam, then Danny. I almost fell asleep through the first class. Recess came, then we had math. 
The teacher started calling our names and wanted to check our homework. I excused myself and said I needed to go to the bathroom, thinking that maybe I had a chance of fooling her. I was under the impression that she knew what I tried to pull off there, but she still let me go. The corridor was silent on my way to the bathroom. After I finished, I went to wash my hands. A violent, high-pitched kind of alarm siren began blaring throughout the school. It felt like this was an announcement for the end of the world. I heard helicopters outside, heavy boots running around, and people who gave other people orders to protect the civilians and shoot whatever came through. Upon hearing this, I froze. I heard kids screaming and crying, and teachers instructing them to hurry up or come on faster, this is getting really bad. I didn't know what to do, and I locked the door to the bathroom. My heart was drumming out of my chest and the blood inside my veins felt like concrete. My knees got weak and rubbery all of a sudden. Vision got blurry and I guessed a panic attack was happening or that I was about to faint. I turned on the faucet and splashed cold water on my face, trying to calm myself down. Taking repeated deep breaths, I thought about Danny and Liam. I wondered if they were safe and if the same thing was happening at their schools as well. I still didn't know what the hell was going on and I didn't want to find out. I reached inside my pocket for my phone. To my utter surprise and rage, I remembered that it was tucked away in my backpack. We were not allowed to have phones during class. Such a stupid rule to follow because this was a moment where I really needed the fucking phone. It was a goddamn emergency. I slowly opened the bathroom door and peeked outside. The school had emptied in a matter of minutes. I was the only one left inside and fear got its grip on all my insides, twisting and turning them like they were nothing. Breathe in, breathe out, calm down. I wanted to make a run for it, grab my backpack and phone and head outside to safety. There was a scream, a sound no human could ever make. I froze again. Panic and fear gripped my heart. The fear and panic turned into newfound motivation and energy. I ran and reached the classroom in a matter of seconds. I entered and locked the door behind me. I looked at the chalkboard. The teacher had written the following words. Winston, if you see a woman with long, dark, greasy hair, do not speak to her. Please hide until the army people get to you. Hide and stay silent. The writing was done with shaky hands. I didn't particularly like Miss Harrison, but this made me change my mind about her. She did care about all her students, and this was proof of that. All the chairs and desks were thrown around the classroom as if the kids rushed outside in a state of panic, uncertainty, and fear. I grabbed my backpack, violently unzipped it, and took the phone out. The screen said 23 missed calls and 11 new messages, all from my mom. I tried calling her back, but it went straight to voicemail. I had never been so afraid in my life before. On top of that, I was left alone with an unknown threat lurking in the shadows of this freshly abandoned school. Right now, the area felt more like a grave than a classroom. The silence was unbearable. The air smelled stale. Its miasma entered my lungs as if it wanted to make me aware of the evil dangers that now surrounded me. I tried texting Danny. It didn't go through. Same with Liam. I was left completely and utterly alone. 
I had to find a way out of this situation before whatever was now lurking and haunting the school would get me and most likely kill me. I didn't have time to question what Miss Harrison had written on the chalkboard. I just knew I had to hide and wait until I had at least one bar of reception on my phone. The fear was infectious, like a disease. It had taken hold of me, trying to make me feel weak and insecure. I had to keep fighting it, but it was pretty damn hard doing so. I felt it gripping my mind tighter, trying to pull it apart at the seams. If I wanted to come out victorious from this situation, I had to be strong and keep my fear at bay. The backpack would have only slowed me down. I had to be swift, nimble, and run as fast as I could if faced with a tough and potentially life-threatening situation. I got out of the classroom, removed my sneakers so I could tiptoe to the exit. Again, the silence was a great compliment to my solitude and fear. It made my skin crawl and sent shivers down my spine as if my impending doom was near. The only sound I heard was that of my beating, troubled heart. It made me unnervingly anxious. Dark thoughts of how this school would be my final resting place started roaming through my mind. The tension and anticipation were unbearable. I walked slowly but surely to the exit. I now reached a lab room where the shades were pulled and I couldn't see outside. It was like the world had stopped in its place. The silence that I so much hated now was cut off by a hateful shriek that was filled with spite and anguish. It made me swerve left into the lab classroom. A movie was running on the video projector. It was about war. Soldiers were shouting and bombs were dropping near them. The planes that roared above them made maddening high-pitched sounds. The men cried as their comrades got shot and killed. It was awful to look at, so I decided to hide under a desk and await my fate there. It was live or die. Which of these scenarios would become true, I didn't know. I didn't have any control over it. It was just fate at this point. The door slowly creaked open. I saw a pair of feet with black, gangrenated nails and white gray skin. A white gown dragged on the floor behind her. The dark-haired woman. She left watermarks on the ground as if she had just awakened from a deep slumber from the very bottom of a very shallow lake. As she walked, she made horrible bone-crunching sounds. She moved in slow motion, her joints cracking and water splashing as she walked by. Time seemed to slow down as she started to throw desks and chairs around the classroom. She seemed to be looking for something or someone. Maybe she was a vengeful spirit that needed to feed I certainly didn't want to find out. She tried to speak. Her voice sounded like she had water in her throat, like she was drowning. She started crying too. I think she was hurting and she was looking for something or someone. The rows of desks to my right didn't exist anymore. The middle row was next. I was so goddamn afraid. Yet, somehow she stopped. I saw her walking past me and moving to the chalkboard. The sound of nails scratching. The sound was deafening. But then my phone started vibrating. I heard her turn around and all the chairs and desks in class were now hanging in the air, leaving me exposed. I looked at her. Her face was all cut up and her eyes were like those of dead fish. She smiled at me, tilted her head. And in just a matter of milliseconds, we were standing face to face. 
She threw me against a wall, and I felt the air leaving my lungs. I looked up and saw that a window was open. The lab was on the ground floor, so I thought jumping out the window was my best shot. This was exactly what I did. If I didn't, that vengeful spirit would have killed me right there and then. After landing on the ground, I looked back in the classroom. She was just standing there. She stared at me with blank eyes, rage covering all the wounds on her ghastly face. Then she disappeared. My phone vibrated again. Eight new messages from Danny, another 12 from Liam. I think the reception came back after I was outside. I started reading those from Danny. He wrote, Winston, they are here and they are hungry. I think I'm going to die. I couldn't sleep last night. Those screams I heard, the terror that kid had been put through, made me toss and turn in my sleep and gave me violent nightmares. I needed to find out what happened at the other school and what could have caused this string of supernatural events. I needed some time to process what the first recording had put me through. Lo and behold, 24 hours later, I festered the courage to press play for the second one. I tried transcribing this to the best of my abilities. Audio recording number two. I don't know how or why it happened. I'm scared and don't know what to do. They are following me everywhere I go. I don't know what they want from me. I don't know what they will do to me if they ever catch me. The only thing I know is that they cannot see in the darkness. I have been hiding in the basement of my school for the past few hours. I have been waiting for nightfall so I can get out of here and tell everyone what has happened. It all started rather fast. I don't even know how to explain it. So I'll just put it bluntly. Everything and everyone stopped. All sound and all life was paused. The kids and teachers were statues, frozen in time and place. I thought that maybe it was an elaborate joke of which I was not a part of at first, but it was not. I tried poking them and there was no reaction. I got frightened and a sense of dread was now floating through the air. The feeling of fear made me sick to my stomach. This wasn't normal. None of it was supposed to be happening. I festered up the courage to leave the classroom. First, I checked my phone signal. There was none. I ended up going outside and into the main hall. I looked in all directions and saw nothing and no one moving. So I decided to run to the exit in order to escape. I found myself in front of the exit door. I tried prying it open, but it wouldn't budge. I tried gathering all my strength, but it was to no avail. I was trapped inside. I looked outside the windows and there was not a single soul in sight. It was like I was the only one who could live, walk, and breathe like a normal human being. I had to get out of here. I had to go home and tell my parents what had happened. I had to find a way of getting out of that place. All of a sudden, I felt an evil presence. It didn't feel safe, and my gut usually never lied to me. Bad things were about to happen. I started walking through the hallway, inspecting classrooms as I went by. Some of them were empty, and some had kids and teachers just standing there, not moving at all. They were like mannequins made of flesh, trapped in their own bodies. I opened another classroom door. Inside, there were children with their mouths open, faces struck with terror, looking as if they had witnessed a horrible accident of someone they loved. 
They were all pointing their fingers at the teacher. The teacher's skin was hardened. It was like she was made of marble. It was a view that would forever be etched in my mind. I crept towards her, fear invading my heavy heart. I touched her left arm and it began cracking. I cringed, stepped back, and looked straight in her eyes. She looked back. Her eyes were moving, wide with terror. I gasped, and black and white flashes ran before my eyes, making me dizzy. Behind her face of porcelain, I could hear muffled screams that I couldn't exactly make out. I got scared and ran away. My heart was now almost on the verge of exploding. I gasped in awe and terror and tried fighting the urge to let out a scream. I went back into the hallway, leaving what I had witnessed behind. The poor woman was trapped inside her own body, completely aware of the situation. My life was a horror story now, and I was the main character in it. Even more so, it was survival horror. I had to stay alive, no matter what. Right there and then, I missed my mom and dad. The thought of them was what kept me sane and focused in these turbulent and scary times. I wanted to be with them and hug them and tell them that I loved them so much. If I wanted to see them again, I had to escape this prison. I raced toward the end of the hallway where the emergency exit was. I was about to push through the door when I heard children giggling in one of the other classrooms. I knew I had to rescue them too. It was the right thing to do. I glanced to my right to where the sound came from. The laughing stopped and there was silence again. Dead, cold, grave-like silence. Hey, hey you! A voice called for me. What's your name? I, I'm Danny. But who are you? I replied with a quivering voice. Hi, I'm Danny. But who are you? The voice said, mimicking my own. A door opened and I saw a tiny white bluish hand coming out and then another one, and another one. They slowly crept outside that classroom. Three ghostly pale-faced children stood a few feet away from me. They were emaciated, hollow-cheeked, like bags of bones walking around. Their eyeballs were black. No irises, no retinas, nothing. Just blackness trapped inside their sockets. They all tilted their heads to the side and looked at me. They opened their mouths and their shiny teeth were revealed. They were pointy and razor sharp. The ghost-like children raised their hands and pointed at me, except they were not terrified like the children in the other classroom. They even smiled as if they were hungry for flesh and blood. They were staring at me, and the more I looked back at them, the heavier I felt my body getting. I broke my gaze and saw one of my fingers turning to stone. The ghost children were approaching me. The closer they came, the dizzier I got. I don't know how, but I snapped out of it, turned, and ran. I didn't look back, and all I heard was their sinister and ravenous laughs. They started running too, and then there was silence. I wanted to know if they were gone, but didn't dare turn around. I checked my finger, and it was slowly coming back to normal. I thought that as long as I stayed away from those vile children, I would be safe and would not turn to stone. With death breathing in the back of my neck, I knew running and hiding was my only viable option if I wanted to live and see another day. I found myself facing the door that led to the basement of the school. I went down the stairs and didn't know what to expect. 
I was met with old pipelines and dusty plastic chairs that were thrown around the room. A faulty electric box was buzzing and sparking on the left wall. The feeling of being alone in that darkness made my heart tremble with enormous fear. I heard footsteps walking towards me and was met with a general sense of hopelessness and fear. This was it. I would die in this darkness at the hands of monsters. My mom and dad would not get a chance to ever see me again or give me a proper burial. Danny, Danny, Danny. I heard all three of them calling my name. Their voices sounded like they had been trapped in a blender. It made my bones shiver. My knees were like rubber as they approached me. I tried finding a place to hide. Although, in that pitch black darkness, it was impossible to see anything. Daddy, 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 where are you hiding? They all said in unison. I heard them coming closer. I quickly got my phone out and the faint light coming from the screen made it a little easier to see. There was a small staircase that led to nowhere. It looked like it was built all wrong because it stopped at a wall. Fortunately for me, there was a hiding space under it, so I sprinted there. I turned off the phone, muted it, and waited for my demise. I heard them entering. They were searching for me. Where are you hiding, Daddy? Come on out. We just want to talk to you, one of them said, sounding annoyed and angry. Our kind cannot see in the darkness, so please come out, said another one. What did they mean by their kind? They were inside now, walking blindly in the darkness. All of a sudden, I felt their hands touching me. They were so cold and smelled like rotten earth. I felt six hands touching my face and going through my hair. It was a dreadful feeling. I could imagine them tearing me apart limb by limb and tearing my flesh from my bones in thin strips to satisfy their hunger. The dizziness got the best of me. I fainted and drifted away to better days. I was back with my parents, laughing and eating dinner. My mom had just made me lemonade. I don't know how long I had been out of it. I heard faint footsteps approaching me again. The dream was interrupted by my screams coming back into the real world. A man was shaking me. It was Mr. Jack, the school janitor. What are you doing here, kid? You all right? He asked me with a calm voice. Are they gone? I asked, scared. Who? The pale-faced kids. The ghosts, I said, tears flowing down my cheeks. Oh, come now. You just had a bad dream. Let's take you back upstairs, he said. Everything was back to normal. It was like nothing ever happened. There were people in white protective suits there now. I saw them moving some mannequins around. I thought I heard someone crying from inside the room. Who are those people? I asked Mr. Jack. They're just people from the disinfecting firm. They said something happened there, inside that classroom. Good thing there were no classes there, young man, Mr. Jack replied, seemingly tranquil. What do you mean? There were children and a teacher there earlier today. I saw them with my own eyes. I replied with an angry tone of voice. There hasn't been classes there since 1975, kid. Not since those three brothers played there with chemicals. There was an explosion. Sadly, they passed away. Some people say that they still haunt this school even to this day, the old man Jack replied. I didn't say anything, but deep down, I knew something was wrong. 
I have always been wondering what secrets are hidden in plain sight. Governments and politicians, false kings and queens, media messiahs have always been pointing us in the direction they wanted us to go. Even so, there have been instances where they have made mistakes. Some were costly, revealing facts, scenarios, and truths that no one could even think existed, not in their wildest dreams or nightmares. In all the years I've been an urban explorer, I have maybe found two or three things that made me a little bit uneasy. But the following audio I found in a deserted military facility interfered with my sleep for many nights, and not in a good way. This is an audio recording about a school lockdown that happened a few years ago, 15 years ago to be more precise. I have transcribed it here verbatim. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you sometimes feel like you need to get something off your chest? Everyone, including myself, carries around stress, and sometimes it builds up until it feels like you might burst. That's where BetterHelp comes in. Therapy is a safe space to talk through what's on your mind and figure out how to move forward. With BetterHelp, you can finally get things off your chest and start working through what's weighing you down. BetterHelp is entirely online, designed for convenience and flexibility to make it easy to fit your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and start your sessions. If your therapist isn't a perfect fit, you can easily switch at no additional charge. So why not give it a try? Therapy offers broad benefits, from reducing stress to gaining new insights. Take that step with BetterHelp and feel the relief. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com DNS today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot DNS. Audio recording number three. My friend advised me to record audio of this whenever I could. It all started when our teacher missed class. The principal came in and told us everything would be all right that Mr. Williams had a minor accident and couldn't come to school today. He had to stay home and rest after he slipped on the wet concrete in his driveway. I thought that the principal was joking because I had just seen Mr. Williams this morning in his car near the gas station while my parents were filling up. So he couldn't have fallen or had any kind of accident. He looked pretty all right to me. He even waved to me and said hello. He was an awesome teacher and a good person all around. He never yelled at us in class, nor had I ever seen him angry. He just came in and mesmerized us with his knowledge. But lately, there were things that were changing about him. He seemed lost in time and space. Sometimes he didn't even finish his sentences. He just paused mid-sentence, looked out the window, and reminisced about something. Once or twice, or maybe it was more times than I could remember. He had dizzy spells. He would lose his balance and had to lean against the desk for a few seconds until he came back to his senses. I thought maybe his absence today had something to do with that. It made me feel a little agitated because I didn't understand why the principal would lie to us like that. Maybe Mr. Williams didn't feel well and wasn't actually heading for school, but someplace else. I thought that he might have lied to the principal, just a little innocent lie, so he could have the day off. I felt better when thinking about this, 
and managed to calm myself down. After all, maybe it was just burnout. Maybe he got tired and just needed a day off to go to a lake or something just to gather his bearings. Another teacher came in to fill in for Mr. Williams. I haven't seen her before in school, but the class went on like normal. Her lecture was rather boring and the lack of sleep the night prior didn't help. I found myself dozing off. After my quick snooze, I glanced outside the window and saw Mr. Williams' yellow sedan in the parking lot. So, he did come to school that day. I didn't see him entering though. He probably did it while I was asleep. I expected him to come into class and take over from the other teacher, but it didn't happen. This whole thing was getting weirder and I needed to find out what he was doing. My train of thought there was interrupted when I heard someone screaming from the hallway. We all jumped and expected the worst. Another teacher came barging into the classroom. She almost kicked the door off its hinges. She was white as a ghost. She screamed in terror. She flailed her arms around in a manic state. It's Mr. Williams, something bad happened to him. She screamed her lungs out. A state of panic got a hold of everyone in class. Its claws were tightening their grip around every student's heart. The school never had problems like this and I didn't exactly know how to react. So I just ran outside the classroom, past the teacher who stood in the doorway. She cried after me to come back, but I was determined. The emergency alarm system started blaring and soon the school was in chaos. Teachers and students didn't know what was going on. I had a feeling that Mr. Williams was in on it to say the least. And so I had to find out what was going on amidst all that chaos, panic, and fear that was now haunting every inch of the school. The principal spoke to the PA. He instructed us to remain calm and to stay inside our classrooms. The school had been closed and no one was to leave until the situation had been contained. The school looked abandoned all of a sudden. Papers and notebooks were thrown around and lockers were left open. I heard the doors locking at the same time and I was the only one who had not returned to safety. The other children looked at me through the small windows in the doors. They looked frightened and I spun around looking back at them. Some of them tapped on the windows, pointing somewhere behind me. When I turned around to see what they were pointing at, I saw Mr. Williams and my heart stopped for a second. The sight will be forever etched in my mind. Mr. Williams was falling apart. That's the best way I'd describe him. Chunks of flesh and skin kept falling off from his face and arms. His appearance, demeanor, and the way he walked were straight out of a horror movie. A horror movie that was real. I wanted to move, but my feet wouldn't listen to my brain. I just stood there like a rock, transfixed, looking at the thing that once was a human being. My dear old teacher. He was monstrous now. He wasn't even remotely human anymore. He tried to speak, but only groans of pain came out. His lips had fallen off, revealing yellow blackened teeth, rotten and disgusting. I stared at him as he continued to walk towards me. When he was a few feet away from me, my sense of self-preservation and instincts came back to me. It was too late though. Mr. Williams took a plunge and landed on top of me, knocking me down on my back. Chunks of skin from his face fell on my face. His head looked like one of those mannequins in my anatomy class. I'm sorry, kid, but I am hungry. I hadn't had a normal meal in such a long time. 
See what it does to me. It makes me wither away. I'm dying now. I'm sorry, but I have to do this. It's nothing personal, he said with a hoarse voice. He opened his mouth and came towards me. He wanted to feed on me, to eat my face off. He was a beast of the night, feasting on easy prey. I gathered all the courage I could and stuck my fingers in his eyes. I pushed until there wasn't anything left but some squishy mush. He screamed and backed off, crying. He moved and spun around like a headless chicken. He took a few more steps and crashed against a wall where he lay still. The skin started falling off faster from his bones until he was just a skeleton. He looked like he just took his meat costume off after a long day at a costume party. I couldn't get a grip of how such a thing even existed. What happened to that man? What was he? Was he even a man? Or for all those years, was he a monster disguised as a human? He said he had to eat. So I imagined he had to kill a lot of people to stay alive. I heard the front doors of the school opening and people came in, running as they did. There were probably a dozen of what I thought to be military men or one of those Black Project special teams. They all were dressed in black, carried guns, and had their faces covered. They asked me if I was all right and started sealing the perimeter to where Mr. Williams' skeleton and rotten meat were. One man asked if the creature had bitten me, to which I shook my head. After I was checked out by a doctor, they instructed me I should go with them to a building nearby. There I met two other friends who shared similar stories with mine. They kept us there for about two hours and asked all kinds of questions that didn't seem to have any logical answer. I ended up not talking to anyone about what had happened. And this audio recording is my only testimony about those events. If anyone ever finds it, please let the world know.